Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It is good to be together, and uh, we're in the middle of a series called Venom, dealing with the soul, dealing with your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination. Uh, you know, Joyce Meyer talks about the battlefield of the mind. Tell you, the enemy's after your mind. He's after your soul. He wants to, to vex you. If he can't keep you from knowing Jesus, he's going to keep you from recognizing what you know. If he can't keep you from relationship, he's going to try to wear you out by just vexing you, dealing with your brain and putting it on overflow. Today's message is called Framing the Future. We're beginning in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and Mark chapter 4 as well. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 from the Passion Translation says this, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves, think about that, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many and their consciences won't bother them at all. Come a venom this month, demon-inspired revelations and theories, seduction, seducing spirits, the King James calls them. Mark chapter four says this, verse 22, the words of Jesus, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that should come to light. And if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night. Uh, just because you have appendages on the side of your face doesn't mean that you're hearing. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. How many have ears today? Okay, so you have ears, but you have ears to hear. You have ears to listen, to grab hold of what God is doing, what God is saying. Then Jesus said to them, this is interesting. Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Whoever has, has what? Well, the whole context there is hearing. But the word in the Greek is the word akuyo, which means to understand or perceive the sense of what is said. In other words, he who has ears to understand, let him understand. He who has ears to perceive, let him perceive. And to him that has understanding, more understanding will be given. To him that's wandered out of the way of understanding, what he has even gets snatched away. So the more you press in to understand God in his word, to know Jesus, the more understanding you'll get. That begins with, take heed what you hear. Now listen, Luke 8 says, verse 18, therefore Jesus says, take heed how you hear. Completely different Greek word. Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. What we understand, what we begin to know, 
what you lean into. When you get, how, how, many, how many people are curious? I'm curious. I, I, I like to get on the trail of a truth and I like to chase it down in the word for myself. I, I hear things that other people will say, but it sparks something in me to drill deeper. When you drill into the word of God, you're gonna get understanding. When you drill into that, you're gonna get more understanding. But you start drilling into everything else the world has to offer. You're just gonna get more of that. Let's pray together one more time. Holy Spirit, would you come and help me to bring this word like you gave it to me? Let your word set people free from snakes and venom today. In Jesus' name, we break and bind up the spirit of deception. And we thank you, Lord, that we as your people are lovers of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been talking about venom shaping and overcoming soul. Last week we talked about healing the bitter waters. We had a beautiful time of the Lord's Supper of communion last week. We said the world is a dangerous place. It always has been, always will be until Jesus comes again. And as with Paul the apostle, <clears throat> we need to learn to shake off the snakes, don't we? We need to learn to shake off the things that try to bite us on a daily basis. So what are you feeding into your soul? You know, there used to be a restaurant downtown Ocala called Miss Pearls. It was one of our favorite places to take guest speakers back in the day because Miss Pearl made soul food. She made some good food. Now, Miss Pearl was probably already in her 80s when we started going there and she was really cute. She was just a sweet lady. Anybody ever eat at Miss Pearls? Anybody remember Miss Pearls? Oh yeah, it was some good stuff. We took uh, Lester Summerall there uh, a few weeks before he passed away. He didn't pass away from her soul food, by the way. <laughs> we took him there though every time. He loved to come. He was with us three times and uh, he loved to go to Miss Pearls and she recognized him. She knew who he was. She was a Christian. And she knew who he was, and she would just fuss over him. And, uh, and he would say, he, he, she'd made this cornbread like the old-fashioned way. And it would just remind him, he grew up in, in the panhandle of Florida, Panama City, Florida. And so he just would, he would just go crazy over it. And he'd say, you know what I want? You, you, you got, you got, do you have milk? Do you have milk back there? She said, well, I don't have any here. I got some in my personal fridge in the back. I'll get it for you. She'd bring him milk and he'd put his cornbread, he'd stuff it in the glass of milk. That's like, that's like old school, okay? Old school soul food. And then he would just, mm, he would just enjoy that food. We need to watch our soul food, don't we? We need to be careful what we're feeding into our soul. Your spirit, soul, and body all eat. Not just your body, you don't just feed your body. You feed your mind, you feel you feed your spirit, you feed your soul. I got this thought this week. Your mind is like a canvas, and words are the paintbrush. Why? Because words form images. If I say the, if I start talking about a dog up here, you probably don't think the letter's D-O-G. If I say the word dog, you probably, if you have a dog, you probably picture your dog. If you don't have a dog, you probably picture a mean old dog that you didn't like. If I say a three-legged dog with one ear that was half orange and half blue ran down the road, I just painted something specific for your mind's eye to see 
Because you, you and I are impressionable. We, we lean into words, create, they paint pictures, they, they give us images. And if you saw an orange and blue dog, you might think it was a gator. What's the football season? There's something called confirmation bias. We've talked about it before. If you get a new car or truck, whatever name brand or color or year, you start seeing a whole bunch of cars in that family or that color. Pastor Chris has a a nice red truck. Ford F-150, is it? He's very specific about the trucks that he likes. Well, if you realize today on the way home, you're probably going to now look for all the red trucks and some of the Ford F-150. Oh, there's one. Oh, Pastor, that might be Pastor Chris driving down the road. Now, if it's Pastor Chris, be careful. We love to, we love to ride with Pastor Chris, but he is so into the conversation with you that he tends to ignore the lines a little bit. He used to. He used to. I say, I don't know as much now because we don't let him drive anymore. But anyway, I said, no, that's good. <clears throat> no, but things were there, you just didn't see them until you cared about it, until you got that new Toyota or whatever it is. And they go, wow, man, everybody's got a Toyota. Look at all these Toyotas out here. You don't know it, notice it until you have a confirmation bias. So we create these things, we, we live in them, and that's one of the problems of social media. Facebook, put, put that picture up, will you? When Facebook puts up every day, here's what they ask you. What's on your mind? What's on your mind today? Now let me just say this to you. There are points of the day you don't want to know my mind. There are, po- there are points in everybody's life, maybe, you, you ever heard of somebody giving a, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind? So what, why should we be surprised that a lot of times social media is used to cause rants and rages and venting and <clears throat> all kinds of anger, and then people reacting and all those other sides? It's a loaded question. It's actually far better to know what's on God's mind because God never rants over a bad day. I would even say there are times you have to stop speaking your mind. Why? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21 says. One of the overarching principles of faith we learned and carry is simply this. You frame your world with the words of your mouth. Think about that. This won't be new to some of you, but to some of you, it'll be a good reminder. You frame your world with the words of your mouth. And I'm, like I said last week, I'm not talking about positive thinking and positive confession alone. I'm talking about aligning your life with the promises and purposes of God from his word. And you can bring a shift to your direction. The Bible says, hold fast the confession of your hope and your faith without wavering. Because words affect the atmosphere. 
Have you ever walked up on a conversation between two people that are having an argument and you didn't know it, but you walk into it and you feel, you feel the tension? You think, what in the world is this? There's an energy about that, right? You, you can feel the argument. You can feel the tension there. Why? Because it's real. It's there. And you don't have to even know what happened to know, oh, this is, I, I just entered, uh, I think I need to get out of here. I just came upon a moment <clears throat> that these people have a disagreement. Words build atmospheres. Words affect the atmosphere. So you've got to be so careful what you're feeding on, what you're thinking about, what you're meditating on in your life. Hebrews 11.3 said this way, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, framed, there's that word, framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Your words frame your future. Your words, your confession, your declaration, what you really believe deep in your heart when it comes out of your mouth, it's beginning to paint the picture of your future. It's beginning to, to align you with something where you're headed, and it's either going to be truth or it's going to be error. And if you're aligned with the Word of God, you're aligning with the truth of His promises and purposes. Your words frame your future. Jesus said this, by your words, by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Remember when the Pharisees are arguing with Jesus about uh, what people could eat and all this stuff and what they could drink and they're just going on. Jesus said, you know what? It's not, it's not just what you drink and what you eat that condemns you. It's what comes out of a person. It's what comes out of a man. It's what comes out of a woman. It's what comes out of your life that determines what's happening around you. The fact is that God spoke the world into existence in Genesis chapter one. He didn't think it. He didn't blink it. He didn't sneeze it. He didn't, uh, you know... I dream of Geniet. He didn't wiggle his nose like bewitched. He, did, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't just point his finger. He spoke. He said, light be and light was. He said, let there be light and there was light. He spoke into, the, the Bible says the, the earth was without form and void. The word void in the, in the, in the Hebrew is the word chaos. Chaos was existing and the Spirit of God, the Bible says, was hovering over the chaos, waiting, brooding is the term. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for the Word. And when God spoke that Word, the Holy Spirit went into action and manifested. Jesus, the living Word, administrated it, and the Holy Spirit manifested it. Now, I'm preaching better than you're amen today, so you better wake up. Because this stuff, like I said, I know some of you cut your teeth on it like I did, but you've got to get this inside of you. Because what, you, what you're declaring is affecting you. And when you're allowing fear and you're allowing emotion, you're allowing all these things to dictate to you, you are, you are limiting yourself from the fullness of what God's trying to do. The Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos until the Lord spoke 
order. And when he spoke it, he commanded it. He declared it. He didn't say, uh, he didn't say, uh, is there light anywhere? Does anybody have a light? Is there a doctor in the house? He said, light be. And it was. He didn't just do that to show us how he does it. Hebrews 11 says, we have the same opportunity then and lists in what we call God's faith hall of fame. Hebrews 11th chapter is all these ordinary people who align themselves in their faith and their words and their expectations and begin to meditate on what God had said instead of upon what they felt. At his word, the Bible says we see everything called into existence. Everything that we see is spoken into existence by an invisible spoken everlasting word. And John chapter one says that the word, that word was and is Christ Jesus, that living word. I heard Christine Kane say recently, the word of God in your mouth is as powerful as the word of God in his mouth. No wonder Facebook and Twitter, Instagram are just trying to get you to create words and images of how upset you are about everything, how angry you are. Because what, what's happening, if you're in that, you get trapped in that vortex, you're just creating more and more <clears throat> of what makes you angry. Every time we declare our faith in God's word, we release him to work in our lives and our situations like tools in a toolbox. There is an appropriate word for every situation that you're in right now, but you gotta bring the right thing out of the toolbox. You gotta, there are moments where you need a hammer and there are moments where you need a screwdriver. There are moments where you need something heavy and there are some moments where you need something light, but you've got to begin to know that the word of God in you it is the tools you need. The Bible says that, that God is a master builder and we are his co-laborers. We are building together with him. We are builders together with him. And the Bible says in 2 Peter, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Whereby he's given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. That by these promises, we might be partakers of his nature divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. We've been given everything we need. You say, Pastor, this is too hard. I, I just can't seem to get free of this. I can't seem to live for God. I can't seem to build consistency in my life. Well, that's not true. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus. What you're telling me is you're not leaning into the knowledge of Jesus. You're not getting to know him anymore. You think you already know him because you prayed a prayer. And your life is safe from hell fire, but it's not safe from the hell of this earth. We're supposed to bring, as Pastor Chris said earlier, <clears throat> we're supposed to pray prayers that bring heaven to earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. We are those trying to bring heaven to earth, not just get to heaven all the time. We're supposed to bring heaven to people's lives, heaven to earth. The grass withers, the 
flower fades. The trends come and go. But the word of our God endures forever. I was just thinking the other day about how many, how many people that are super famous right now. If you could imagine the super famous when I was younger, that today nobody knows who they are. I mean, you, you think everybody's gonna know that, they, that uh, people are gonna become iconic from this generation. Very few, there are very few. The Beatles are iconic. <clears throat> Deep Purple, not so much. I love Deep Purple, one of my first albums. But the, but, the, but the problem is this. We, we look to certain situations right now and we think, well, this, will, will, this is the way it's always gonna be. The enemy wants to trap us in this paradigm, even of this virus and COVID and it's all another nightmare and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Our God is with us. He is for us and he cannot fail us. But you gotta get your heart back on that. And if you're consumed with the news, if you're consumed with everything else going on, all you're gonna be is, woe is me, I'm undone. I always like to say it this way, the word works for those who work the word. Now, I recognize that sometimes the word will work you. Sometimes the word will work you over. The Bible says in, in Psalms, until the word of the Lord came to pass for Joseph, the word tried him. His dream tried him. He didn't try the dream. The dream tried him. So I understand that. But you know, when you have that arsenal of promises and the weapons of warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God to pull down strongholds, right? I love Hebrews 13. The end of verse five says this. For God, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God has said his word. So we will say something from his word. He has said that we might wimply, wimply. It's not even a word, wimply. <clears throat> you know what it is. Casually, half-heartedly, he has said, so we may kind of say, he has said that we might boldly proclaim that he's with me and he will not fail me. He's given us his word for us to declare it. Think about it. He has said, the word, the Bible, that we might boldly say. The word there is homologia, which means to say the same thing as. He has said his word, so we may say his word back to him, reminding him of his promises, stating our case before him, laying it out before him. What if instead of venting in the name of transparency and authenticity, two buzzwords say, I'm just being my genuine self. Well, your genuine self needs some help. Your genuine self needs to take it to shutty town. <clears throat> what if instead of venting, 
In the name of transparency and authenticity, we took those things vexing our souls to prayer and talked to God about it. What's on your mind today? God says, what's on your mind today? God, I'm glad you asked because I'm going through something today. But your word says that you're here for me and you're not against me. You're for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? then the power of bringing that promise to pass comes into the atmosphere. My friends, venting may make you feel better for a minute, but it doesn't actually help the problem, does it? Because now you just ruin everybody else's day. And you started a war with the other people that don't agree with you. What if you stopped excusing the angry, hostile, and bitter words coming out of your mouth or keyboard in the name of being your genuine self? Do you realize you're releasing death and destruction into a world already filled with too much of it? When did we get off track thinking that we can just put it all out there for the world to see? When did did this shift happen? When did that take place? Was it with social media, was it just through all uh, television media and all the 24-hour news cycle back in the 90s? I don't know. But at some point, we started believing that our platform is given to us just to, just to raise Cain, just to start trouble, just to, just a mouth awful. Here's You want to know what I think? Here's what I think. You want something on my mind? Someone just cut me off in traffic and reminded me of all the bad things that ever happened to me in traffic. Let me tell you why I hate traffic. You didn't help yourself and you didn't help anybody else. Healthy journaling is between you and the Lord. You wanna write something down, write it down as a prayer, write it down in a journal. Because here's the problem, and I, I don't mean to be crass here, but expressing all your toxic thoughts online is like poetic vomit. It may be well-intentioned, but it's going to stink up the world and cause a cleanup on aisle eight at some point. What if Jeremiah the prophet would have posted what was on his mind in chapter one of Jeremiah one? God said before I was in my mother's womb, he knew me and called me to be a prophet, but I feel too young for the job. He'd have gotten a hundred likes. Whole bunch of comments that God is so unfair, isn't he? But in verse seven, he writes, but the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Thank God Facebook didn't exist back in the BC days. Are you kidding me? Think about that. We'd have all kinds of situations here Heard Christine Kane also say this. We live in a world that has become a cult of feelings. Boy, isn't that the truth? A cult of feelings. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true. Let me say that one again. That made me a newsflash for somebody at home that's scrolling through right now. Glad you're watching because we're turning the power of Facebook into the power of the gospel. 
But just because you feel something does not make it true. The word of the Lord is true. It is absolute truth. Our feelings are not our master. Jesus is Lord. Feelings are not the boss of you. Feelings don't have power over you unless you give them power over you. The children of Israel murmured and complained over and over again, the Bible says, in the wilderness. We know from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the murmuring costs them with God. But I want to remind you of a verse there where it talks about Caleb and Joshua and how strong they were in their conviction, but what God warned the people. Listen to this, Numbers 14, 27. How long, God says, shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? They weren't complaining against him, literally, they were complaining against Moses. I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me, God says. Moses, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you or allow happen to you. Just as I heard you say it, they were saying what? Well, we should have just died in the, we're just gonna die here anyway. God says, okay, you say it, you got it. You say, Pastor, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair, but it seems true. Ultimately, listen, people that don't want God in their lives I hear people say, I can't believe in a God that would send people to an eternal hell. God didn't send anybody to hell. Jesus did everything to keep us from going to hell. But if your whole life is spent wanting to get away from the presence of God and the absolutes of God and the word of God, that's what hell is. It is the exclusion of everything good and everything God. Ultimately, you got what you wish for. Hell was reserved for the devil and his angels. Hell was created not to punish people. But just as you speak in God's hearing, I'll tell you what, words are seeds and somebody better pray for some crop failure because you, you gotta watch what you've been planting. And, and my friends, we've all blown it, okay? There's nobody in this room, nobody that's, nobody here, not me, nobody here that's been perfect with the tongue, perfect with your words. That's why God gave us the gift of repentance. Why? Because God takes grumbling personally. When you're grumbling, <clears throat> when you're complaining, when you're speaking in his hearing, I mean, you know, God's, God's never uh, asleep on the job. He hears everything you say, everything I say. The Bible says it shouldn't be that bitter water and sweet water is both coming out of the same stream. Watch your mouth. Watch your posts. Watch what you're willing to say because you're framing your future with spoken words. I love this. I'll finish with this. Psalm 141 verse three says this, post a guard at my mouth, O God. Set a watch at the door of my lips. 
Don't let me so much as dream of evil or thoughtlessly fall into bad company. And these people who only do wrong, don't let them lure me with their sweet talk. What am I saying? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above, and he's looking down with love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Sometimes this, the most powerful truths are the things we learn in Sunday school or children's church. And in children's church, you learn that there are, that all these, your eyes, your mouth, they're gates, they're doors. And you choose to open or close them to the right thing or the wrong thing. Be careful what you hear. You said, take heed what you hear. Be careful how you hear. Because what you begin to understand will give way to more understanding. It still goes back to the same choice as in the garden. Tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is true. Without it, there's nothing. Because everything we see was created by an invisible spoken word. Holy Spirit, would you come and wash us, cleanse us, change us, forgive us, Lord. We throw words around like nothing. We cause pain for each other. We cause pain for ourselves. Father God, would you come and move in this place? Lord Jesus, you are the living word. Would you help us to align ourselves with your word and your purposes and your power? We bless you, Lord. Would you give us the gift of repentance today? Let there be an about face. Let there be a holy U-turn. Help us to use every platform we have in a conversation, every platform we have in any part of our lives, help us to use it for good and not for evil. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head back, your eyes closed for a moment if you would. I just was remembering when I was a little boy, my, there was a tragedy in my mother's side of the family and my uncle came to live with us. He was eight years older than me. By the time I was about five years old, that made him about 13. I remember specifically when I was about four or five and he said something or he told a lie or something. And my mother said, I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap if you do that again. Well, Uncle Don must have done it again because I remember the pain of watching him get soap put in his mouth, literally. And you know what? I learned the lesson without getting soap in my mouth. Not that I was perfect, but I was very careful 
I didn't want to have the same pain on my face. Jesus is our cleaning solution. By his blood, we find healing and wholeness. And the great thing is with our God, he loves us so much and he gives us another chance, another opportunity. If you're here today and, or you're watching online, if you don't know Jesus, this is a moment to just ask him to be Lord. And if you already know him, it's a moment to say, Lord, help your, help your word, let your word be in my mouth. Lord, give me the desire to lean into your promises and really study and, and, and get into your thoughts and not my thoughts. Lord, give us the courage to say to him, Father, what's on your mind today? In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you got something today. I, I believe God's working. He's doing some stuff in our community. We give him praise. We give him honor. <clears throat> we give him glory. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.